training first responders for EV emergencies. That's our text to nation. I'm Fred Fishkin. With us from General Motors is Global Product Safety and Systems Engineer, Joe McLean. Hi, Joe. Hey, good morning, Fred. And how are you? I'm doing terrific. Thanks. Well, GM has created an EV first responder training effort. Give us an overview of what this is. Yeah, you bet. We're really excited to conduct this training and deliver it direct to the first responders around the country. Uh, we've even targeted locations in Canada, but really looking all across North America to deliver much needed and much anticipated awareness and training for first responders in dealing with the new technologies on the road. Uh, this is really the an evolution of what General Motors had done more than 10 years ago with the Chevy Volt as a plug-in hybrid electric vehicle. We'd call that an extended range electric vehicle, but was a revolutionary technology at the time with you know a large lithium ion battery pack and um, you know several other inventions. But what we're doing today in 2022 and looking to do it and continue it through 2023 is to deliver this training, four hours of training uh, to first and second responders at the locations in their regions in the areas that they are living and operating and uh, conducting their duties so we can raise awareness on some of the recommended practices and some of the things that we have put out uh, for public consumption on dealing with battery electric vehicles and emergency situations. And it runs the, a wide gamut from, um, you know, post-incident, post-crash, a whole host of things that we address uh, some first responder concerns about, and really trying to drive home the fact that we stand behind the safety of our product. We really think that um, with some awareness and some training to help support them in their duties, that this will help spur widespread adoption of electrified vehicles. Well, you said much needed. So why is there this the, the need for this? Tell so we think there's a need because there are a lot of misconceptions about what electric vehicle technologies are and how dedicated the automakers and really those in the entire ecosystem of transportation are behind this technology. So there are a lot of, you know, unknowns by first responders that may not have ever interacted with electrified vehicle on the road in an emergency situation. But what we are trying to get across is there are a few changes, but for the larger part, you know, many of their duties are going to remain the same and the, you know, approaching a vehicle, sizing up the vehicle, dealing with a vehicle. There are some very common sense uh, recommendations that the industry, again, helped spearhead through General Motors, through a lot of standards development organizations like SAE and ISO, uh, but making them aware of the resources that are available so they do not have any concerns, you know, coming upon or interacting with these vehicles out in the field. What are what are some of the basics that you can share with us uh, that first responders, maybe even consumers, should be aware of? I think the first thing is that General Motors and the automotive industry in general are very committed to safety, and and that really goes through the design, the development, the engineering, the production, and and the servicing of these vehicles on the road. So. The first thing that we really want people to be aware of is that orange color, the industry standard has become high voltage cabling, high voltage components, including the battery, 
the chargeable energy storage system or the res in, in the vehicles. The industry standard has uh, consensed on the color orange as being the identifiable color for do not cut this, do not, you know, try to pry this open, do not, you know, try to manipulate this. And we have taken, we General Motors have taken a lot of effort to package those high voltage components in areas that are, you know, suitably protected from crash impacts or, you know, other types of things so that in the performance of their duties, first responders should really not have to come across these uh, orange cablings or orange components. So the first thing is look for the orange cabling and do not cut that. Do not try to manipulate or, you know, cut into those. The second is be aware that, you know, many first responders don't know about the resources that have been made available to them free and publicly and, and you know, put out there on the internet. We have partnered with the National Fire Protection Association and others, but have um, reached a internationally standardized format and presentation of information in our rescue documents uh, that we've made publicly available for all of our battery electrified vehicles. Um, but stepping through those with the first responders and talking about the different sections in which um, you know the industry is consensed on what presentation of information might be uh, most you know applicable to their performance of duties. And we also are excited to talk about you know what we imagine an alternative presentation of information moving from two-dimensional rescue sheets to something more informative and illustrative, you know, as they're even arriving or you know getting to a scene that might uh, be driven from vehicle telematics information, you know, other information that right now was relayed voice to voice or telephone operator to telephone operator from say an OnStar advisor to a dispatch center, but really trying to streamline the information flow so that, you know, first responders have the information they need as they're arriving to or en route to a situation. What are some of the more common misconceptions that, that you that you'd like to address here? Well, I think there are a lot of misconceptions on the safety of these vehicles. So we have designed and we continue to design vehicles with um, you know a number of crash protocols and, and testing in-house. And we also in the training share a video from the Insurance Institute of Highway Safety, IIHS runs a lot of independent uh, crash evaluation and, and tests on our vehicles. And I don't know that many people are aware of how detailed and how thorough, you know, those design decisions and, and testing protocols are uh, that the federal government has, you know, mandated we, we consider. Um, the other is that these vehicles are somehow, you know, we wanna make sure these, they understand how safe these vehicles are and address some of their concerns. And so it's a multi-pronged approach. This first responder training is also, you know, aligned with many efforts in the company to increase awareness on our commitments to electrification and how broad that approach is. Um, but it's a, it's a multi-pronged approach by the company, General Motors and OnStar. But we have also partnered with, um, you know, an academic institution, the University of Illinois' Fire Service Institute, IFSI, to con, you know, conduct this training. And, and we've taken their curriculum on alternative fuel vehicles and uh, added some more information that's really relevant uh, you know, to the discussion today. I guess consumers and the first responders uh, would want to know, 
is there a greater fire danger and is it if the if the battery is on fire is it uh, automatically there's a perception i think out there maybe a misconception that that it's automatically kind of out of control there are a lot of misconceptions and what i want to address are you know just how serious we take the the idea of safety around this this technology certainly people may not understand what a battery management system is or you know how evolved and mature certainly we believe our ultium products are in dealing with any unforeseen or you know unanticipated circumstances but we and the industry have also you know come to put out in multiple arenas that the best way to address a battery electric vehicle fire is with copious amounts of water and there may be instances in which if there's no risk of loss of life or loss of property or you know continuing the damage that a battery electric vehicle on fire the safest thing to do for both the immediate situation and downstream effects may be to let that vehicle consume and you know many firefighters it's you know they want to attack a fire they want to put it out as quickly as possible and, and move on to the next thing well, copious amounts of water on a on a battery electric vehicle addressed, you know, and, and placed at the heat source is the best way to address a, a battery electric vehicle fire. But, you know, these incidents, uh, we, we've taken, again, great aims and, and, and efforts to address the crash worthiness of our products and the placement of the batteries in the vehicles. But um, hoping that answers the question. Sure. And, and it's different uh, than responding to uh, an internal combustion engine uh, emergency or, or fire? Not entirely. So that's that's another misconception is that there's a completely different approach. And there's really in, in what we're trying to get across in the in the training is rely on the training that first responders have received. And the differences are not that extreme. You still follow through the same process of you know addressing the situation, sizing up, understanding the the vehicles or you know what uh, you know properties may be involved in the incident. But the aspects of attacking a fire and addressing a situation and and dealing with other things are not that different. The use of water exclusively is you know probably the most significant and perhaps um, the one that you know people need to understand in resource resource constrained environments or situations where water may not be you know readily available or copious amounts of water may not be readily available and again thinking about the downstream impacts of you know battery electric vehicles or a, a battery component being transported to a tow yard or a storage you know storage facility what we are trying to get across is that be aware of the situations, be aware of the technologies that have been put inside the vehicle. But, you know, to say that a battery electric vehicle fire is is completely different than an internal combustion engine, it's not. And so fires present and manifest themselves in numbers of different ways, right? They're not all going to be as a result of a battery system failure, a battery, you know, crash you know certainly there are other things inside all vehicles that are combustible but the the media loves to you know grab onto headlines about how unsafe but we stand committed to the safety of our products 
well before we put them on on the roads and in consumers' hands. Terrific. So how do you get the training to where it's needed? Because there are so many, I don't need to tell you so many agencies <laughs> and first responders that really need to be made aware. How do you make this go viral or <laughs> I don't know how we can put it. Well, here's, here's, here's the really great thing. Um, again, we've talked about how General Motors is leveraging, you know, the e ecosystem. Um, we have also partnered with the National Fire Protection Association, the NFPA, largely seen as the, you know, preeminent standards body for the fire service and really, you know, addressing many of the concerns of the emergency responders across the country and across the world. But we have dedicated, you know, a sizable amount of money to make the NFPA delivered training, which right now is online only, free to firefighters and volunteer firefighters around the country, specifically rural and underserved communities. So that is one prong of the effort. This direct face-to-face -face or in-person training that we're delivering at no cost, we've really been selective in the markets across the country that we're targeting and going to and really looking to have the most impact in major metropolitan areas where EV adoption um, is ongoing, but also raising awareness and raising uh, understanding of this technology on the roads. We have looked at, you know, around 20 different metro markets around the United States and are targeting uh, the major metropolitan areas. I can tell you that we've initially focused our training here in Michigan. Uh, we've done our initial uh, training in Southeast Michigan and Oakland County. And we had folks from you know, many of the surrounding states, certainly in our home state of Michigan. We also had folks coming from the province of Ontario and across the border from Canada. We're, do, we're delivering the next set of training next week, uh, the second week of August in Western Michigan, in Kalamazoo at uh, Western Michigan University. And then we're gonna shift our transition and focus on the East Coast and moving from Metro New York down to metropolitan Washington, D.C., to the Research Triangle, to Metro Atlanta, to Florida, and then make a turn west and, and finish up the training for 2022 in the great state of Texas. And so we have partnered with, again, having the uh, Illinois Fire Service Institute and, and their leadership is um, you know well-placed within the uh, fire chiefs, you know, many councils and and in associations, but we have targeted uh, areas where we think this training will have the greatest impact and you know reach the, the greatest amount of first responders. One interesting fact for you and your listeners, Fred, is the vast majority of the fire service in this country is volunteer. Almost, you know, completely different from many other uh, westernized or modern societies where the fire service and first responders are much more nationally organized or, you know, a national effort in terms of training, certification, and, and the like. But we think that as opposed to creating this training content and putting it up on a website or some other uh, type of delivery mechanism, that going around the country and delivering this training in person with several, you know, great examples of the battery technology and, and some of the emergency incidents that we, you know, had talked about previously on this interview, but having that face-to-face -face interaction, that personal contact with subject matter experts from both General Motors, OnStar, as well as our partners at Illinois Fire Service Institute, 
we think that's the best way to get the message out. And certainly we are looking at uh, wrapping up and having an exportable training package at the end of this training effort in 2023. But we think the greatest impact is going to be going direct to first responders, where they're at, where they live, engaging them in their communities and, and taking this message to them in person. Obviously important with the with the growth of electric vehicles and, and the forecasts that we're seeing. Is there a place people can go to for more information, Joe? There are a number of resources. And the first one um, I'd like to make your li uh, listeners aware of, gmevfirstrespondertraining.com is where the training sign up and the registration. We also have a, a link there to a number of resources. Again, you know, trying to raise awareness uh, about our commitment to electrification and, and raising um, the information level for not just first or second responders, but consumers in general. The other is I'd like to draw your, your listeners' attention to where we post that freely available you know, public information. We call it our rescue document but it's our GM Service Technical College website dedicated to first responders. But those are the two resources and the websites I'd really like your listeners to, to be aware of. Oh, well, congratulations on, on the work that you're doing there. Joe McLean, thanks for taking the time with us. Thanks, Fred. Now this. It takes a lot of listening to build a better radio. And that's just what the folks at Sea Crane have done. Bob Crane and his crew, nestled among the rivers and tallest trees in the world in Fortuna, California, have made a habit of listening to their customers. And that's just what they've done in building the CC Skywave SSB, the Swiss Army knife of portable radios. For everyday listening to AM or FM in the yard or patio or on the nightstand, without having to drain a mobile phone battery, it's a great companion. But it is also a companion equipped for NOAA weather information and alerts that can be life-saving. You can listen to FEMA and Coast Guard transmissions, too. Beyond all of that, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. It's compact, easy to take with you, and built to last. The CC SkyWave SSB. Click on the link at textonation.com.